0: Hello and welcome to episode 16 of A Wee Bit Of Everything with your hosts Lewis Cleland and Clark Burrow. Each time we have the honour of interviewing an athlete, the questions will be shaped around the Scottish Physical Education school curriculum. This is going to allow us to get an insight into how athletes gather information on their skills and their fitness levels. It's also going to let us know how they would plan for a period of training to develop their areas of development. First hand, we will get a personal insight into how the mental, emotional, physical and social factors impact on their performance and how they utilise or manage these factors.
1: This week on the podcast, we are absolutely delighted to welcome Shannon Archer, who is an international gymnast and has represented Scotland and Great Britain and was also part of the 2018 Commonwealth Games, representing Team Scotland and the Gold Coast. Shannon is on today to talk to us about all things gymnastics. Shannon is 21 years old and started gymnastics when she was only four years old. So she's been doing it for a long time now. She has been lucky enough to travel around the world with gymnastics and meeting lots of friends along the way. She has represented Scotland and Great Britain over the years and has had some fantastic results including a top 10 finish in the All Around the World final at the Commonwealth Games. And she also finished fifth in the vault final in 2018 in Australia. Shannon is now at the same time as training. She's also aiming for the Birmingham 2022 Games, and she's currently training to become a qualified physical preparation coach. We are both really looking forward to this one. Therefore, I think it's about time we get onto the show. And so, thanks for doing this today, Shannon. How have you
0: been?
2: Yeah, good. It's obviously a bit strange right now being stuck in because I'm always so busy and basically living in the house. So, yeah, yeah. makes a change to normal. You have a, a
0: really a really busy schedule with all your training as well.
2: Yeah, pretty much out the house from like eleven twelve o'clock through to like 8, 9 o'clock. So... It's strange being in the house all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. So we'll just dive straight into it then. So see, before we get started, could you give us and the people listening a little bit more of a background information on your gymnastics experience this far? Because we only briefly touched on it in the introduction. Yes.
2: Yeah, so started gymnastics when I was four and I'm 21, turning 22 at the end of the month now, so been doing it a very long time and... Kind of started off, my older sister done it, so I would always call my mum to go drop her off and pick it up. So I just kind of got into it that way. Saw used to and it looked like forms I would play about and then kind of just got into it from there. And then kind of they spotted that I had some talents and they put me into the like performance groups. And then, yeah, started competing and then started getting picked for so like Scotland squads and then... Got qualified for British champs and then done my first British champs and came in the top eight and then from that I then got invited into the Kiwi squad. So then done a couple of internationals for Great Britain when I was 11, 12 and came away with a couple of gold medals. Went to Germany for one, which was a great experience. And then kind of ended two thousand eleven. Started to get elbow pain and then so. Got went to see doctors and stuff, and then definitely had a really bad elbow injury that ended up uh, keeping out of sport and keeping out of competition for up to three years. So from like two thousand and eleven to two thousand and fourteen, didn't compete at all. Mm-hmm. So then that took me out of contention for the Glasgow two thousand and fourteen Commonwealth Games. So then eventually started competing again in two thousand and fifteen, doing all four pieces again and took like a good year or two years to kind of get back just to competing against it had been out for so long. But then, 2017 became Scottish Senior All-Round Champion and then kind of started to get back out there doing well and then got picked for the 2018 Commonwealth Games in Gold Coast, which was probably the best experience I've had so far. Mm-hmm. And then kind of took time took time out after that and then so yeah didn't really come back to training until the following january so january 2019 so 2019 was just kind of me getting back into training back into competing and this year was meant to be the year that i was kind of fully back competing again and then obviously now that's been put on hold yeah (laughs)
0: So in terms of your training and stuff, that seems like quite the journey you've been on. So you've been involved in it right from the age of four. So it's just been constant, full time. Did you always have a vision of doing gymnastics at, at the top level? Like when how early on did you know that you were gonna make a kind of successful career out of it?
2: Yeah, I think when I first started it was just kinda I was doing it for fun and my big sister done it and it just looked like something yeah. for me to do and just kinda play about with. But it wasn't until mm. I kind of became like seven, eight years old and then got picked for the Scotland squad at the time and started representing Scotland and doing these bigger level competitions that I thought, Yeah, hey, wow, well, I must be kind of good at this. So then started to take it a bit more seriously at that age.
0: Because gymnastics is very serious at training that from a young age, isn't it? Like the conditioning yeah. and, ev- and everything. So I went, I went to uni with a girl who, she was a gymnast as well and she used to tell me like the coaches would like, the stretching and the flexibility side of it, I was like, that sounds like torture.
2: I know, just like <laughs> the <laughs> things that gymnasts have to do, and like the mm-hmm. positions they put their body into. Yeah. It's like... I to maintain same.
0: that flexibility.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
0: So, in terms of your training, how have you been adapting your training during lockdown? What have you been doing to keep on top of it?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting. So there's been a lot of Zoom sessions with the club, mm-hmm. Just trying to keep up with like conditioning and flexibility and that sort of stuff that we can keep doing. Obviously, gymnastics is a tough sport because you can't, you don't have a ball in your garden or you don't have a set of bars that you can use. So there's only really so much stuff that you can do at home. But really, just trying to keep up with the fitness, trying to keep up the flexibility, strength. So when we do get back, it is. It's going to be hard, but hopefully it'll be a little bit easier by keeping fit right now.
0: Yeah, I think everyone we've spoke to has been kind of on the same boat, just finding, just trying to keep on top of the fitness side of things as opposed to the the sport-specific stuff, because, again, you're limited to what you can do.
2: Absolutely, and it's like trying to be creative with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the time's going on, it's getting harder, but hopefully soon things will start yeah. to get back to normal. Yeah, yeah there's get always something
0: to get to get you, you can be doing. Yeah. Uh, so
1: we've spoke to a few athletes on the show, Shannon, and uh, we've had like uh, some netballers on and uh, some UFC fighters. So I was asking this this question: um, like before you start your gymnastics season, do you review your previous results um, or kind of set targets? How, how does that look? Kind of moving into the kind of new season? Can you give us an example of kind of what you would do there? Yeah, So for
2: gymnastics, for well, for me personally, the kind of competition season runs from kind of february march through to kind of april and then we have summer of no competitions and then it starts up again in september through to like november so before like during christmas and then during summer is like the big blocks where we can get most of the training done so we can try and get the new stuff in the routines for the competition season starting Mm -hmm. so normally once the competition season ends i will look at what went well, what didn't go well, what scores I was getting, what, like that sort of stuff, and kind of plan from that what I want to add into my routines for the coming up competition season and what I want my routines to be looking like going into the next season and just kind of plan out from there, like how many weeks we've got until competition season starts again. So, plan back like so many weeks out, I want to be doing this skill. And then so many weeks out, add it into combinations and it can go into a team. Just kind of plan it that way so that by the time competition season starts, the targets that you set for yourself are realistic and you're able to perform it.
1: Yeah. And would you you do that with your coach or would you just do that on your own?
2: Yeah, so I have that conversation with my coach and I think now that I'm older, it's now as more of a communication between me and the coach and kind of me saying this is what I want to be doing, this is what I think I should be doing to help me look my best or perform at my best. So it's kind of more of a two-way conversation rather than a coach just telling me what they think I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Superb.
1: And as, as you know, um, as a gymnast, there's many different components of fitness, <coughs> excuse me, uh, which are important to competing in the sport. You know, like, what approaches do you take to develop Feel like power or balance or flexibility? Can you, can you pick one and maybe talk us through the process?
2: Yeah, so especially for a gymnast, flexibility is kind of one of the most important aspects of the sport. You need it in all aspects across all different apparatus that we're working on. So if we don't have the flexibility that we need to what our body's doing, then we're going to cause injuries to ourselves probably quite easily. So in a typical session we would do like stretch in the beginning to make sure like we do like a warm-up and then stretch kind of do like passive stretching just to kind of warm up our muscles ready to do whatever we need to do that session and we'll do like active flexibility so like kicks and stuff like that so working that range of motion that we need and then towards the end of the session we tend to do what we call like over stretching. So if we're doing like a split we put like a front foot up on something on a height to just kind of get more of that range when you're at the end of the session it's really important to get that stretch in and just kind of maintaining it. And especially as you get older, as I've experienced, your flexibility tends to get worse as you get older. So it's really yeah. becomes more important to work on it and make sure you're doing it every single day pretty much. Otherwise
1: it's going to be a struggle yeah i've certainly experienced that myself as a runner you can't even touch
0: your toes <laughs> I <laughs> I know, I but, i'm like god how are you able to do that and i can't do that anymore <laughs> uh, yeah. no, I, I, I can touch my toes i can't sit my, my problem i can't sit cross-legged my, my, my hips are way up oh, like yeah. this but I, I can mm. like bend forward i'm quite flexible that way but i so that's it, the thing that you need to keep on top of the most then definitely
2: Absolutely, I think, that's probably one of the most important things, because... Yeah, that's teachers, when you lose know. the quickest.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. because well, there's a lot of PE teachers that, that listen to the podcast, and pupils as well, which will, I'm sure that will help their kind of gymnastics teaching for the run-off performances, and how yeah. important that flexibility is. Think, um
2: like the positions that a gymnast puts the body in, isn't normal positions. So if you're not yeah. flexible enough to be able to do it, then that's when you're going to end up partners that are pretty much...
1: Yeah, she so just, so just kind of gone off topic here, see for a high-quality gymnastics performance, what would you say that it needs to have in it? Like, good flexibility, what else? would you say, what would another kind of couple of things be for anyone who's listening?
2: Yeah, I think, well, for each piece, it kind of differs slightly. So, like, for a vault, it's, like, very much power-based and you want to be, like, running at it as fast as you can and get as much power from the vault as you can. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, beaming beaming bars is kind of more like looking at flexibility and the more like artistry side of things yep and kind of making it look look good and forward Mm -hmm. built-in aspect is kind of power for the tumbling that you do in the routine but also looking at the artistry side of things to make it look good because in gymnastics you get judged on we call it the execution of the routine so pretty much how good it looks to the judges so you want to make it look as good as you can so you don't lose you try and keep as many marks as you can that way
0: yeah sounds good so again just another training based question could you in the midst of your season could you give us just a, a simple breakdown of what a week's training looks like for you
2: so yeah so if we were like Six, seven weeks out from a competition, the week will tend to be like quite intense, and we kind of getting the routines, everything together that we want in the routines, and kind of banging out the numbers, mm-hmm. trying to get everything in there and get the fitness levels up so you're able to do the routine from start to finish. Quite like and trying, that's when you tend to work on that bit, and then as you come closer to the competition, you kind of start to like calm it down a bit and taper down the numbers. So say like a week of the competition, say the competition's done on Saturday, you maybe do like one or two routines on each piece, kind of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then if it's a high level competition, we have what we call podium training on the Friday, which is where you go to the venue, competing at and just kind of get a feel for the apparatus. So we kind of tend to take it easy on the Friday, just do yeah. bits and bulbs what we need to do. So then by the time the competition comes on Saturday, You've done the routines that week, you've done it consistently, but then you're kind of still fresh for the competition.
0: Right, and is it so? See, during it, if you, how how many weeks, like how many competitions do you have? Is it like is that a competition each week that you do it, or is it how many? What's the cycle like for that?
2: So for gymnastics, you don't actually tend to have that many competitions, but it depends kind of what year it is. If it's just like a normal year, the first part of the year, so like. February to March, April, you kind of only really have the Scottish Championships and British Championships. Mm -hmm. And then you've got your summer. And then at the end of the year, you kind of have the British Team Championships. You have, if you're going for Scotland, you might have a Northern European Championships. And you've got another couple of team competitions. So there's not really that many competitions within the year. But gymnastics is kind of a weird sport where you never have a time where you're not training. Like, if you're yeah. not competing, you're, like, working on the new stuff that you want to yeah. then add into your team. So it's kind of a constant cycle of, like, we only take, like, one or two weeks off to go on holiday a year. Yeah. If you take any longer than that, it's a struggle to get back in.
0: It, it seems like you need to keep on top of it. It's one of those sports that you constantly need to maintain.
2: Yeah. How, like when how I took,
0: So, sorry, on you go.
2: So, when I took the time off after... Come off game in of twenty eighteen. Took like from April to the next January day off. So when I went back to training in January, it was a struggle for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a that's a substantial period of time, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What um I so see after you compete, will you go straight back into training the next day, or do you take a day off after after a competition just to recover completely?
2: So if it's like kind of like a small competition. Then it will just be maybe we'll take like the Monday or the Monday Tuesday off, or mm-hmm. but if it's like some say like the British Championships, normally we take like the full week after that to kind of you take like at least Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday off, and then maybe go back in Friday and do like a light session, but nothing just kind of get your body moving again, maybe for the following week. So right. bigger competition it- tend to take more time off.
0: Right. Okay. So with regards. With with regards to monitoring your training as you're going on, how kind of often do you monitor your training program, or like do you monitor your your different aspects of fitness? So like your flexibility, your power. Do you do certain tests to monitor it throughout? Um,
2: yes, yeah, so we do. Like within the club, we do like fitness tests and like, every three months, right. just in different conditioning exercises and like flexibility tests, like your know, squats and stuff like that, just to kind of see how you're keeping on top of that and then if you're if you're in the like Scottish performance programme they do testing within that throughout the year mm-hmm. but also like for me especially I like came up with a programme with my coach that I kind of monitor daily like how many repetitions I'm doing each stuff and how successful they've been so like ticket if it was good or cross if it if it fell off or something like that so like I'm constantly monitoring where I am with my skills and where I am when it comes to putting routines together to know how yep. you know, consistent they are or not. Mm-hmm.
0: And see with see regards to it, on you go "Clark, on you go, this
1: is it man. <laughs> see, see when you're talking about your routine, um, Shannon, and kind of what, what makes a high quality routine, can you get, what's in your routine? Can you talk us, a wee, talk us a wee bit about what's actually in the routine? Like what kind of moves and how many moves?
2: Uh-huh. Unlike each piece, there's what we call like requirements that you need to have within the routine. So like Mm -hmm. on four, you need to have tumbles. You need to have like a double somersault as one. And then you need Mm -hmm. to have like a somersault with a twist in it as another one. And then like a front tumble. So like tumbling going forwards. And then you need to have like leaps in it as well. So and kind of each piece differs to what you need to have in it as long as you follow the requirements, but yeah, yeah each piece is kind of slightly different, but yeah, so it kind of makes it hard when you've got four pieces, as a women's artistic gymnast. mass, each routine needs to be different on each piece. Right,
0: okay.
1: And how long does that last, like 30 seconds a minute?
2: So on Beam and Floor, it is like maximum a minute 30. Right, minute and then 30. bars kind of last, as you get older, it like goes longer, so it's kind of average 30 seconds-ish. Yeah. Then
1: we'll over in like a couple of seconds. So Yeah.
2: Good.
1: Good mixture. Mm. Lois, you want to come back in there? No,
0: nah, I'm i I'm all good when you go. All
1: good. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know if I don't know if um, you had experience of the factors when you were at school, Shannon, did you? Did you do National Five and higher? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: So you know you know a bit about the kind of mental and emotional and physical factors. So Yeah. So... <laughs> We're taking you back a few years now, so (laughs) we're going to ask you about the emotional factor. So, Mm. sub-factors like anxiety, anger and fear. Um, Can you maybe pick an example of an emotional factor and how it's impacted on your performance when it stands out, whether it's positive or negative?
2: I think, for me especially, I find competing being quite nerve-wracking and I get quite anxious before it everyone's kind of different to what pieces kind of that happens to but for me it's always been beam that I've always like when it comes to competing beam I always get like the nerves I'm way mm-hmm. more nervous than that piece than any other piece so as I've gotten older I've kind of learned to deal with those nerves and try and kind of control them so it can sometimes be a negative if say I go out and I'm like I'm too busy thinking about the nerves, I'm not thinking about mm-hmm. what's on my routine, so sometimes I might fall off. So say like, day one of pole Games in 2018, we started on ball, ball and bars went really well, got to beam, and the way they worked it, you were competing like by yourself in the arena, so everyone was watching you. we so mm-hmm. got to beam, and then the nerves were just like, crazy nerves because the amount of people that were watching, and that day actually I fell off. Right. So then I was kind of negative that day, but then I came back for the all-around final the next day. And I think, because I had the experience of going out and doing it, then try to turn it into a positive by thinking, right, I've done this before, I've done it yesterday, I know what to expect now. And then I went up and then I stuck to the team that I scored really well. Mm -hmm. So, always been, yeah, I'm being kind of anxious going into it. But as I've gotten older, I've kind of learned to how to deal with it and turn it into a positive rather than a negative.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you think that's because of a... Why do you think it's on the beam in particular? Do you think that is it Has there been like a past experience that you've maybe fell off it and it's given you that kind of fear in your head? Or do you, is that just like your area that you feel less strong on?
2: Yeah, I've kind of looked into it a bit more. And like when I was younger, I was always really good at beam and I was always... Mm. I could always stay on quite easily. And then we had... I went to Youth Commonwealth Games, and they made beam final, and I was kind of second last up, and like everyone before me was falling off, so pretty much all I had to do was stay on the beam, and I would have got I would have got a medal, and I ended up falling off like two or three times, and I had an absolute nightmare, and then after that was when I got injured, and when I came back to compete in beam, my last experience of it was in the final when I fell off two or three times subconsciously ever since then i always like kind of overthink it too much and then i think oh right i need to do this well i need to stay on so i start to get more nervous about it mm-hmm. and being is quite a nerve-wracking piece to compete because it's so tiny yeah <laughs> so have you, any...
0: like... <laughs> you go. have
1: you learned any approaches and how to cope with the anxiety and fear like from any coaches or what did your coaches say or any experience in this?
2: Yeah, more recently, I've kind of looked into it more and kind of try to, before I go and compete in the routine, I'll try and visualize myself when I've done all the moves previously in a competition and I've done them successfully. So like from each move that might not be from the same competition, but like visualize one skill that I've done well at one competition and then another skill in that same routine that maybe done well at a different competition, Mm -hmm. which kind of visualize them all separately and me doing them well. So, then I'm more confident going on to the beam and hopefully it goes well. Yeah. I was just going to try in this next competition season, but then everything got cancelled. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: you get plenty of time for visualisation then.
2: Pretty much, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, you're training to be a physical preparation coach as well. How do you uh, overcome the challenges of balancing kind of? Training as an athlete and work?
2: I think the club that I'm at has been really good at kind of working out a good training programme for me as well as working with the gymnast as well. Because I I work with the kids that I train with, which can sometimes be a bit of a struggle because sometimes you see me as their training partner and a teammate rather than a coach. But the more we've done it, the more they've kind of realized when it's that time I'm their coach and I'm not their training partner. Yeah. But I think I've always had, like, if it's not working, it's been when I was at school and doing all these training and just kind of trying to find a balance. So we've always kind of had that part, extra part that I've had to try and work around. So if it's not school, it's now work. But it's mm-hmm. kind of easier now that I'm not at school, so I can do my training kind of during the day and then work for the kids at night so I can try and find a good balance.
1: Good. So where is it you coach? Is it just like the younger athletes?
2: Yes, yeah, so younger. Kinda, I'm kind of the lead physical pet coach in the gym. So I work with like the younger kids who are just kind of... They're on the performance pathway, so they're just kind of like 12, 13, just kind of starting out. And mm-hmm. then up to kids that are British Tramps qualified, turning senior, like 16, 17. So it kind of ranges from the younger to the older kids.
0: Right. So how is how is your role as a kind of top level gymnast then? So within your coaching, how is your role as a top level gymnast helped inspire the younger the younger kids? Is that has that had a good a positive impact? Do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's something that I actively think about, but I'm mm. inspiring the younger generation. But it's always nice when the coaches say. Like, I'm, like, the role model within the club and people look, at, like, up to me. And yeah. when I'm coaching as well, I kind of try and share the experiences I've had.
0: Yeah, that must help. Yeah.
2: I've because I've been doing yeah. mm-hmm. physical preparation as an athlete for years. So I just kind of share my experiences with them mm-hmm. and that they might hate what they're doing and they might hate what I'm making them do. But it works for me, so I might work yeah. for you.
0: Yeah. Aye. There's, al- there's always been that debate, isn't there, especially in football, like, about coaches that go in that, don't have much playing experience or they've not played at that level and then they go in and try and tell these players how to do it and everything. But having yeah. that experience and knowing what it's like to actually perform at that level, then the, the people that you're coaching actually don't really have a leg to stand on when you're actually telling them this is how this is how it should yeah. be done kind of thing. I
2: think um, but not in as gymnastics, kind of, in Scottish gymnastics, there's sometimes been people that haven't came from a gymnastics background that have kind of been in charge of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people have found that hard that they don't come from a gymnastics background. So I think me being a gymnast for pretty much my whole life and I've got so many experiences that I can share with them. Yeah. Definitely helps kind of build that relationship with them that they can trust me and know what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Right, final question then. What short-term or long-term goals have you got set with regards to your gymnastics career?
2: So short-term is... Pretty much just get back in the gym, get training again, and get out there competing again. Because after I took that time off, I only did like two or three competitions before lockdown hit. So get back out there competing again. And long-term goal is to try a medal at Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games. if I get picked. Yeah, so. I'm
0: sure you will. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed.
1: Brilliant. Um, so with, with all the athletes and the guests we have on the show, we always do a quick fire round of three. So we ask them the, the same three questions as, as we'll ask yourself. It's just a quick, quick fire round. So we'll start off with number one then. So if you could have a, a billboard anywhere, what would it say on it?
2: So someone made like an Instagram edit at me a few years ago and used the quote, wake up with determination, go to bed with satisfaction. Which ever since I heard that, I've absolutely loved it because that's pretty mm. much what I do and what I see as like a good thing to go by. So ever since I saw that edit, I was like, mm, I like that. So, that's <laughs> about yeah, nice, like so in quote. <laughs> we,
1: yeah, we lose, we lose like a quote. So I've never actually heard that one. So that's all on my list.
2: <laughs> I hadn't heard it either, and I was like, oh, I'm going to steal that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's going on in your Facebook status, layer Park. <laughs> right. <That's hilarious. laughs> the way, four o'clock I'll be on. So
1: (laughs) how has a a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Do you have any failures that stick in mind?
2: I think the biggest one for me is when I got injured and then it ended up taking me out for the Glasgow Clumber games because before (laughs) that I think I was one of the top ones to go for that team. So that was probably the biggest failure. But then managing a comeback and make the 2018 Commonwealth team. I think I was more motivated to make that team than I'd ever been before because I knew I'd missed out. And yeah. like a good five, six of my teammates made that team. So I got, to, like I was there seeing everything. So I think that kind of pushed me on to then make that team. So yeah.
1: yeah it's the worst thing ever, getting injured. It's just depressing. You can't move. No. You can't do
2: it. It was in Glasgow. I like couldn't get away from it. It was a <laughs> Well,
1: no, it must have been tough going, but you've came back from it, which is says a lot about your resilience um so what advice would you give to a young teenage gymnast kind of breaking their way through
2: i think especially at that age it can be tough when you've got like your friends going out going out drinking going out partying and you're kind of stuck in the gym it's mm-hmm. like i always say remember why you started it in the first place you started this sport because you loved it so can kind of remember where remember why you started it and why you're doing it and that kind of keeps you motivated because that's sometimes what I have to do right now as a twenty two year old.
1: Brilliant. That was really inspiring. Um, absolutely. Well thanks very much for that's I was reached ten. Thanks very much for coming on. It's such short notice here. Um myself and Lewis usually just wrap up uh, after the after the guests kind of go offline. But that was great. Thanks very much for doing that. Thanks a lot for your time Shannon.
2: Thank you for having me. It's good.
1: After each episode Every week we have a key takeaway message from the hosts. So we'll start with Lewis. Lewis, what was your key takeaway message from the podcast today?
0: My key takeaway message this week definitely has to be with regards to flexibility. I mean, I can touch my toes, but I can't cross my legs. So I need to get my stretching in there because it's evident that as we get older, our stretching gets hindered. So I just need to keep it up with the stretching, go to a few yoga classes, not a mm-hmm. bit... All joking aside, um, that's definitely some good information to take back to, to school um, because it's such an important part of gymnastics and if you need to teach that and if it's helping the pupils get um, better results in a one-off performance, then that should be um, a bit of focus definitely within their training programme. That should be one of the focuses, depending on yep. what they're trying to learn. Um, but I, it's, I didn't realise it was was as important as that and it shaped that much of the um, gymnastics training process. So that was a good insight into that. What about yourself? You got one? Yeah, I think
1: similar, similar to yourself, um, I need to develop my gymnastics uh, knowledge and experience um, and I learned a few things from Shannon there about flexibility and the importance of it but what I, what I quite liked was what she said at the end about remember why you started so if there's any National 5 or higher candidates who take on the challenge of picking the course and trying to get as high a high grade as possible and it might get tough during the year but always remember why you started and why you've picked the subject so just to continue applying yourself, riding the tough, the tough the tough waves throughout the year. And hopefully at the end of the year you'll get the result that you want. so just always remind yourself why you started.
0: Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast with gymnast Shannon Archer. It was great to get an insight into her sport and the the training that she puts in to perform at the top level. As always, if you see it on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, we would appreciate it if you give us a wee share or a retweet as this definitely helps us get the podcast out there so others can listen to it as well. Until next time, we hope you all have a fantastic week and take very good care of yourselves. Bye-bye.